Welcome everybody, I'm Richard Krauss. I hope you're staying healthy, I hope you're staying safe, and I hope that you're staying at home. We have three more recommendations for you to help pass the minutes and the hours of self-isolation. Let's start with a film that starred Channing Tatum, Steve Carell, and Mark Ruffalo. If nothing else, Foxcatcher, a true-life crime drama from Bennett Miller, director of Moneyball, is an exercise in the transformative nature of an underbite. Jutting out his jaw changes Channing Tatum from movie star handsome to thick-necked gym rat Mark Schultz, one-third of a story of murder in America's wealthiest family. Based on true events, the story begins with Schultz, a gold medal winning wrestler at the 1984 Olympics, training with his brother David, played by Mark Ruffalo, to regain the glory of his past achievements. Out of the blue, he is contacted by John DuPont, played by Steve Carell, multimillionaire and sports enthusiast with a simple but grand offer. The patriotic DuPont asked Schultz to put together a team of wrestlers who would train at a special facility at Foxcatcher Firms and establish America's dominance at the upcoming Seoul Olympics. Schultz signs on for $25,000 a year, beginning a journey that will end in world championship glory and murder. Even though this is a true story that more or less follows the public record of events, I've left this synopsis vague so as not to spoil the film's climax. In doing so, I also failed to mention the growing sense of alienation and the slow burn of psychological dysfunction. A pall hangs over the entire film, building toward the culmination of the action that is shocking, not only in its randomness, but in its volume. Miller has made a quiet, restrained film, one that demands the viewer to lean forward to appreciate, so when three loud gunshots ring out, they shatter the quiet in a jarringly effective depiction of violence. I asked Steve Carell about playing a real person, even when there isn't much source material to go on. This is what he had to say. Well, I think we all researched the roles. We found out as much as we could about the people. Um, and there's an added responsibility because they are real people and you don't want to be glib about a portrayal um, and you want to take it seriously and and do your best to um, to honor them uh, and I, and and it, it's only it's only your best representation of who that person might have been it you, you, I don't think any of us can say this is that Person through and through, because you're you're estimating who they are, what's going on in their minds, how they walk, how they talk. It's it's an estimation, but um, but within that, I think we all tried to find whatever uh, truth we could, um, and, and you know, and that, I think that was that that was the struggle and the uh, the effort and the uh, goal, character-wise. Foxcatcher is buoyed by interesting, unexpected performances and an unnerving tone, but adds little to the examination of the complex issues that lie at the center of the story. Unchecked privilege and moral decadence are on display, but the underlying pathology of the piece remains a mystery. Now on to Whiplash. 
The beat goes on and on, although maybe not exactly at the right tempo at an upscale New York Music Academy where teacher Terrence Fletcher, played by J.K. Simmons, rules with an intensity that makes the drill sergeant from Full Metal Jacket look positively warm and cuddly by comparison. Whiplash sees Andrew Naiman, played by Miles Teller, work towards his dream of becoming the best jazz drummer of all time. Taken under Fletcher's wing, he's given a spot as an alternate in the school's prestigious studio band. His job is just to observe and turn pages of sheet music for the ensemble's regular drummer, but from the first day, Fletcher seems to be by turns goading and encouraging Andrew, building him up only to tear him down. In an effort to impress his hard-nosed teacher, Andrew practices until his hands bleed, covering the cymbals in a fine mist of blood. But it might not be enough. And though Andrew has given his life to his studies, even dumping his girlfriend so she won't be a distraction, he still might not have what it takes to be one of the greats in Fletcher's eyes. The story is at least partially autobiographical for writer and director Damien Chazali. I asked the film star, Miles Teller, if that led to any questions when he took the role. Not too much other than, is this believable? And that's, that's stuff I kept asking him. I mean, when, I'm, when he's talking about, you know, splattering blood on the cymbal and, you know, on the snare and, and all this stuff. And we're, after the drum thing, our hands are covered in blood. I, I was just like, you know, is this shit believable? And he goes, oh yeah, you know, after when I would be drumming for long periods of time, all my drumsticks would be covered in blood. And after I started kind of rehearsing and practicing as much as I was, I did start getting blisters and I was, you know, a lot of band-aids, a lot of blood and that. But I think in terms of, you know, Damien wrote a beautiful script and I think that's the actor's job to, to make it as personal to them as, as they can. You know, I, I was very much in Andrew's, in, in that world and I, I kind of understood Stood what I mean, it was very simple. The guy just wanted to be the greatest drummer that ever lived. You know, it was nice to play a character that that he has one one goal in mind. I don't have all these relationships. My relationship is like with this dude and and with my drums. Whiplash is part musical. The big band jazz numbers are absolutely exhilarating, and part psychological study of the tense dynamics between mentor and protege in the pursuit of excellence. The pair is a match made in hell. Fletcher is a vain, driven man given to throwing chairs at his students if they dare hit a wrong note. He's an exacting hardliner who teaches by humiliation and fear. Andrew is a loner who belittles anyone whose ambitions aren't as lofty as his, and that's pretty much everyone. He cares more about Buddy Rich than the real people in his life. The mix of perfectionism, ambition, and hubris meet in a perfect storm, and Black Swan style has serious repercussions for both teacher and student. Director Damien Chiselli doesn't miss a beat in presenting the complicated relationship. He draws inspiration from a famous story of Joe Jones and Charlie Parker. Jones famously threw a cymbal at Parker after a lackluster solo, prompting the sax player to go away, practice for a year, and return as one of the greatest musicians of the 20th century. Teaching through fear and intimidation is the message, and while we'll never know if Andrew ever reached Charlie Parker levels, Fletcher certainly emulates Joe's methods. At the end of our interview, Miles Teller explained why Whiplash will always be his mother's 
favorite movie of his. My mom says that this is will always be her favorite movie because she gets to watch her her kid play music. And my mom was always like that. She, you know, I played, you know, all my sisters played piano, and then my sister played clarinet. I played saxophone. I played guitar. She played. Uh, she kind of played flute for a little bit. But not really. wasn't very good. And so, but yeah, we always had a household where it's like everybody was playing multiple instruments, and there was this kind of chaos going on. And I think most parents would would tell the kids to quiet down they're watching TV or something bizarre like that and, and my mom just loved it she'd be singing and she just always kind of I think wanted this partridge family kind of thing like I'm serious I really think she thought that she'd be like the lead singer in her kids band kind of thing. but yeah I mean it's it's rare to find a movie where you get to you know kind of play an instrument that's not a biopic and and for me to be able to play drums in something was great because with drummers nobody ever tells you hey play a drum solo like the drums are usually the ones people are because if you're not good it is noise and it really drums are hard to exist by themselves if you're not doing snare work drums are meant to kind of like be the rhythm of you know of the instruments kind of thing so yeah it was I mean it was very gratifying it'll probably never happen again finally a science fiction movie inspired by a real-life crime in October 2001, director Joe Cornish was robbed, relieved of his cell phone and wallet by a gang near his South London home. He channeled the experience into his debut feature film, Attack the Block. He wanted to explore why they had robbed him, but with a twist. He wondered how a street gang like the one who accosted him would react if an alien invasion happened. To get answers, he interviewed various kids in youth groups. He picked their brains on a number of topics, including what weapons they would use if a real-life alien invasion occurred, and the screenplay for Attack the Block about savage alien creatures turning a South London apartment complex into an extraterrestrial war zone was born. The film begins with a gang, led by future Star Wars star John Boyega, stealing at knife point a wallet from a passing woman. Afterwards, they beat the tar out of an alien that has the bad luck to land near them. Unsurprisingly, the rest of the fleet of extraterrestrials are pretty unhappy about this and track the gang back to their tower block, ruthlessly shredding anyone that gets in their way. Attack the Block is more than a science fiction comedy horror film, it's an energetically staged satire about race, class, and how those barriers collapse when survival is involved. The tagline, Inner City versus Outer Space, says it all. Nick Frost plays Ron, the local drug dealer who lives in the penthouse of the council estate and knows everyone. I asked him if this is a political film or is it a monster movie. This is what he had to say. I don't know. I mean, I didn't... It didn't feel like that when I was making it, you know. Uh, I think, if anything, it's a kind of... I think it kind of tells us to avoid demonizing youth just because we don't understand it. Um, I think people, naturally so, will will look at the themes of Attack the Block and and, and politicize it, and I, I guess that's that's for them, and that's for them to thrash out, but it didn't feel like that when we were making it. Well, that's it. Three more films to help fill the minutes and the hours of self-isolation. I hope you're feeling happy, I hope you're feeling safe, and I hope you're staying home. I'm Richard Krause. We'll talk to you again soon.